This morning we've got a, a neat opportunity. Uh, a lot of our uh, missionaries are just rock stars, and these guys go all the way back with us from when we first moved into the building here. And uh, Nikki's brother Tim was the youth guy here, and so that's how we got connected to him. But they've been serving in Cambodia. And Ryan and Nikki Bailey are here this morning to share with us what God's been doing in their ministry and what they've seen down there in that end of the world. So would you give them a warm Norfolk welcome as they come up and share this morning? All right. Hello, hello. Wow. It's good to be back. Uh, we were here about two years ago. My wife was not with me, though. I was with Tim. I don't know if any of you were here for that. Some of you. This guy looked a little different over here. Um, so yes, my name's Ryan, and this is my wife Nikki. You can put that there. You go. Those are our four children. Uh, Zeb's on the left. Jaya, Eden, the little baby, little girl, and then Asher on the right. So um, it was nice to come to Seattle and have a two-day date night with my wife. First time in eight years. <laughs> so um, yeah. So today we want to share an update with you, but we'd also like to um, hopefully God can really use this time. We're just going to sort of try to paint a picture of like what it, what it might be in the life of a Cambodian and how that can relate to our lives. Um, so I'd like to so we're going to talk about sort of like relationship and um, knowing God. So um, I'd like to start out by by having everyone just kind of think about their relationship with God. Um, you know, the good times, the bad times, what He means to you. When you look outside into this beautiful, vast greenery in, in uh, Seattle, what, what do you think about when you look at the trees and the flowers? And like, does, does, does that invite God into your space? Do you think about God when you look at creation, when you look at the mountains? Possibly. I do. Uh, when I, I live in Colorado, I spend a lot of time in the mountains. And that's a time for me to really connect with God. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but... Just, just think about your life with God, like how you perceive life, how you, when you're, when you have pain, when you have joy, is God there? Is that relationship? Just, just think about your relationship. And then, well, we have this next slide. Oh, wow, that's tricky. Okay, I'm confused. That's nice. So, um, now I'd like you to take a second and think about. Waking up tomorrow morning and not having God in your life at all. No relationship with Him. In fact, when you look out at the mountains and the beauty, you're not actually thinking about God at all. You're actually looking out at the, the beauty of creation and you're kind of thinking, well, it's sort of like a spiritual thing. It's reincarnation. Maybe um, when someone dies, there's, there's, there's no idea of a creator God. I don't know if that's possible for any of us here to actually do that. But I ask you that to do that, to try to think about that, because I'm about to tell you a story about a, a man named Salm. He's in Cambodia. This is Salm right here. Uh, I met Salm about four months ago, and um, he has no idea that there's a creator God at all. He hasn't even, even thought about it before. In fact, Jesus, the name Jesus was very, he didn't even, he never even heard it before. Um, but our time in Cambodia has come to a place where we're investing a lot of time into 
we're sort of doing like a, a business thing. We're connecting with people through um, building furniture. So we're working in a wood shop. And so that's how we want to approach discipleship is doing like a life on life with people. And so uh, about two months ago, uh, working at Alchemy, this is the group of people back. Can you go back to that slide with, uh, yeah, with Sal? Um, I met this young man and just had lots of conversations with him and, and we were hanging out doing some things and I was able to start a, a little Bible study time of discovery with the guys on Tuesday nights. And there were a few believers in this, in this organization and I invited them to join. Some of them had musical skills and so the first night we did it, it was incredible. We played music, we, we prayed, I led them in some things and I told them sort of the purpose. It was just, it was amazing time. But there were some outsiders who were curious about what we were doing and then the following week as we were preparing, um, I saw Psalm walking outside and I, I kind of mentioned to him, say, hey, you want to come join us? And he was kind of really curious and he's like, what are you guys doing? And I said, well, we're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to worship. And I told him a few things, all kind of maybe Christianese terms. But he was like, really, like really interested, but really scared. And he said, sure. And he just followed me over, sat down. Uh, the night that we did it, we were sharing testimonies. So I was sort of engaging the guys, telling me, tell your testimony of how you met, met the Lord. And that's really a good thing in that context because their testimony is wrapped a lot around you know, how they met Jesus in the context of, of Buddhism and, and their life, which was really good for this young man to hear. And we were talking about the power of God in their life. They were sharing some powerful stories. There were some tears that were, were flying. And, and um, I knew he was sitting there with us, and the conversation just sort of went into some creation. And we had some creation stories, and we were talking about Jesus. It was a really amazing time and then he had to actually leave. His wife showed up and he had to leave. But we had been talking for a good 30 minutes. And um, so the next day, I was thinking about him and praying a lot about him. And the next day when we came back to work, I went up to Salm. And I mean, look at that face. It's a beautiful guy, man. It's amazing. I, I went up to him and I said, uh, Salm, what did you think about our time yesterday? And he was sort of busy and he looks back at me and he's like, oh, oh my gosh, teacher, I can't believe it. I've never heard about God before. I've never, I never heard that, that I was created, that there was a creator that, that created things. I've never heard about Jesus. And this is kind of how he was talking. He was very, which is not really what Cambodians do. So he was really excited. And it just, it just brought a lot of joy to my heart. I was almost in tears with him. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And so this is just one story of this young man. So he uh, continued to come and he's learning the creation story. He's learning about Jesus. He hasn't yet accepted the Lord, but this only happened about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And so I left him with hopefully in good company. We're praying a lot for him. And I mean, he's just, he's just ecstatic because he's never heard about a creator before. And that, that story there just kind of blows my mind. That's kind of why I wanted to paint a picture for you. Like, what would it actually be like for us if like, we woke up and sort of like our mind was erased and we 
and we didn't have, I mean, every one of us here is a product of some sort of theistic background, whether, we, whether people believe or not, they're atheists, whatever they are in America, everyone's a product of, of a belief in, in, in God, really. It's kind of how this country is founded. It's, it's what we do, and then people just make their choices from there. But when you step on the Cambodian soil, it's not how it is. You're not, they're, they're not coming from that perspective. So when we can bring stories like this to these young men, and they're just wow, they're open to their eyes. And we start talking about relationship and we start telling them how much this God actually knows them. They don't really understand so much at first when you say, you know, God loves you. Okay, what does that mean? But when you start explaining, there is a creator and he actually knows you. He knows you very well. He knows the pain that you have. He knows all these things. Wow, it starts opening up their heart to curiosity and they start asking a lot of questions. So you can go to that next slide. So this is the group of guys that I work with every day. Uh, and every one of those guys, there's only about two of them that speak English. Um, and it's broken English at best. And most of them are from villages right outside the city. So they're very, uh, I don't know how to put it. They, they live in a primitive lifestyle. Like they, they cook their dinner on fires and and they live in, in the jungle and, and they, they don't know a whole lot of like modern living. You couldn't tell just from a picture, but um, it's amazing, a lot of these guys. And this to the right is, is uh, our family joining. They had like a, uh, a dinner night and so we went and had barbecue, Kamai barbecue with them. Crazy time. We brought the kids. That was fun. Um <laughs> And go to the next slide. So this, this on the left is the group of guys that I started a discipleship group with. Um, and the guy on the right in this picture here, he's actually another believer that has never heard the creation story, never heard the gospel before, anything like that. There's these three other guys that are sitting next to me are believers and are super hungry, and I'm really pouring into them. And I really see a few of them as being leaders. And I think that there's actually going to be a, possibly a church started in this area because there's nothing over there. But these guys are like on fire. The guy on the left in the blue shirt, his father's a pastor in his home village. And um, I have some video. I didn't bring it today because it's not quite finished, but I have some video of his father telling the testimony of their whole village coming to faith. And it's a really powerful story. It involves God's word and things just shattering and them like their eyes opening like oh my gosh wow like God is, is all powerful and then it just has grown and it's a very collective society in Cambodia so when like the the father comes to faith usually the whole family comes to faith and then the village comes to faith and so it's a pretty powerful story but he's now away from his father in the city more and it's been a good connection and we're really hoping for some movements there um, this guy on the far right is his name is uh uh, Nun, he's a beautiful guy. He's amazing. He's also a believer, but very hungry, very hungry. And the way that we've gone into this workplace and spend every day with these guys, it, it's it's quite amazing how we just interact and disciple. It's like every every moment of every day with these guys is, is an is an opportunity for discipleship. Um, how am I doing on time? My wife. Oh, beautiful. So, so yeah, that's a little story of, of uh, what we've been doing in 
um, alchemy, which is a, a place, like I said, it's a place that we've invested a lot of our time. Um, our whole intent and, and heart for going to Cambodia has been discipleship. And this has just been a, an amazing arena for that because every it, it's a very un, untouched piece of, of uh, land where, the God, where God has not entered in. And just us being there has been a really amazing opportunity that we've seen to really uh, build those relationships and start discipleship. Yeah. So now my wife's going to share a little bit of story on her end as well. Well, you know, we have this idea that we're going to go to Cambodia and, and God's going to do great things through us to serve the people of Cambodia, but you forget that God's going to do great things to you too. And mm and even mess you up a little bit while he's doing it. And I think that's not just true for us who have gone to Cambodia, but for everybody who chooses the call to follow him. And and let me tell you, after being messed up for about our first two years, I mean, it was a really difficult process transitioning into another country. Just coming out of that, I this might sound crazy, but I look forward to the next time he messes me up <laughs> because just meeting him in a more intimate way brought me closer to him it made me more hungry for him and it just made me it kind of feels like I have this mad crush on Jesus just can't get enough of him and and what it (laughs) takes is him just messing us up a little bit and just us surrendering to that what he wants to do because what he's doing is just stripping all the things out of our hearts that just really don't belong there and it's where he belongs and so yeah I want to talk about how I just want to do the contrast of, okay, they don't know. They don't have that foundation, but we do. So what does that mean for us as believers now? And uh, we were here a couple of years ago to share our testimony. And for those that remember, we were radically uh, transformed by Jesus in our early 20s, saved from uh, drugs and alcohol and a bunch of craziness of the party life. And I remember reading the Bible for the first time. Actually, I was raised as a, a, a believer, but I just didn't know how to walk the walk, didn't really read the Bible. And I remember reading it, and just everything was so new, and it, everything just spoke to my spirit, and it just really met God in amazing ways. And then, you know, you continue reading the Bible, and God keeps continuing to speak to you, and I just started missing that newness. I mean, God, I don't, you don't hear me wrong. I still hear from the Lord from reading the Word, and you know, that's what's so cool about the Bible is it speaks to you new and fresh in every new season. But it wasn't that, like, that powerful just outpouring. And I was just kind of, for about seven years, kind of felt like, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, God speaks to me. But, man, I miss that. I crave that newness, that freshness. And and then God started moving in our lives in a really cool way. And, and um then, I don't know, I, I kind of have pillow talk with the Lord. My favorite way to meet with the Lord is just that literally crawl up onto my bed and lay on my pillow and cuddle up with him. And I was kind of having my pillow talk time with him, and I'm talk, thinking about the way that he's spoken to us in new ways and the new ways that we've met him through our experiences out in Cambodia. And he put this image of space in my mind, and you could show the next picture here. There, here. You are here. Um, space. Actually, I have a funny fear of space. I look at pictures and I'm really, really freaked out. Actually, Ryan had to help me find a picture <laughs> to put up there <laughs> because it's so big and mysterious and vast and weird. It makes me feel so tiny. But this is what God showed me probably for that reason is he was telling me, Nikki, 
that newness will always be there as long as you're seeking me and you're craving these encounters with me and you're always crying out for more because there's just no end to him. We just, by me just saying, oh, that one time of me reading the word or that first time of me re- reading the Bible, like just that's me putting him in a box saying like, okay, I know everything about you, God. So, um, yeah, so I just want to share some of the experiences and the way that God has just opened our eyes up to the new perspective of him. But uh, when we first came, well, when we came back after our first furlough, after having just a really hard season, um, we went to a, a sermon at one of our churches, and the guy was started talking about the Holy Spirit. And it just really made Ryan and I realize how little we knew about the Holy Spirit and how... You know, I understand the concept of Father God because I have a father, and even for those that don't have an earthly father, we still have a lot of movies and people around us that, as an example of what that looks like. And then I understand the concept of Jesus because he became a man and lived on the earth, and he's my Savior. He rescued me. I understand that. But then when I thought about the Holy Spirit, I realized, wow, that's that's one thing that's way out of I mean, I don't understand that at all. I understand he has come to comfort us and that through him we are going to do greater things than Jesus. But I'm not seeing that in my life, and I don't feel like I have a relationship with that part of the Godhead. And so Ryan and I both started praying for God to help us to understand the Holy Spirit better and to have a relationship with God in that way. And our life just started dramatically changing and every time I read the Bible now, it's like I'm reading it for the first time again because I'm seeing the Holy Spirit just all over it. And I'm starting to hear God really clearly in ways that I've never realized. I've actually been able to feel the touch of God. I've had God fall on me in a way with such joy where I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, like, there's these things in the Bible we read, and it's what's kind of funny is the, when I didn't know the Lord too well before I had my dramatic change. The reason why I lived the way that I did is because I thought, well, people don't live that way anymore. I didn't know any Christians that actually walked the walk with him. And so I just did whatever everyone else was doing. And then I met the Lord and I realized, oh, shoot, I am supposed to be living that way. And I feel like, again, he's done this to me, saying, Nikki, the way that people lived back in the days, this is for everybody. I want to move through people. I want to speak to people. And so, yeah, just really connecting with him in a new way. And there's just so much more to go. I'm not saying I've arrived by any means, but I want to share a couple stories of the way that, that God has spoken and all, like just given me courage to do things I never would have done. And, yes, this is in Cambodia, but I want to encourage you because these are definitely stories that can take place here as well. The first one is at my children's school, um, they had these really assemblies every Friday. It's really great. They get together every Friday, and they worship together, and they have each, uh, each grade takes a turn leading assembly, and they'll put on a little production. It's pretty cute. But then the principal stands up, and she says, once a month, we would like to have parents volunteer to come up and lead an assembly. My first response is, <laughs> I hope they find somebody. <laughs> and um, it's just me. I mean, even standing up here, it's not usually my gig, but I, I enjoy doing it, I guess, once I'm up here. But I'm not the person to be like, oh, my gosh, I have to stand up, and I have so much to share and talk. And some people are just really gifted that way, and I thank God for them because I don't feel like I'm one of them, but I really am happy when people stand up when, and I don't have to. But 
Anyways, um, I'm a runner, and I like to go for a run. That's really a lot of my Jesus time right now, especially with young children. That's, I go for a run, and God speaks to me. I worship him. It's amazing. People probably think I'm crazy half the time because I'm lifting my hands up as I run. But um, I love it. It's so much fun. Um, but he really speaks to me sometimes. And um, there was one time where I, oh, it was like literally the next day. I go for my morning run, and I'm running up, and I come to this road that I've been praying about, a road, because there's this massive pothole. There's actually potholes all over the road, but there's this road. It's just really terrible in Cambodia. I mean, a lot of roads are, but this road is really bad, and there's potholes. And every time it rains, it, they just fill up with water. And not that that's really too bad, but what was really sad is there's a school for Cambodian children, and there's this huge pothole in front of their classroom, and every time it rained, it filled with water, and that just brings mosquitoes, and that means dengue fever is really, um, yeah, it's just really not a good thing, and so that means, yeah, mosquitoes bring dengue fever. And the pothole could, you could fit a car inside. Yeah, I mean, it was literally, you'd be driving, and all of a sudden, it's like, boom, like, you can't even, it's not just a little bump, it's massive. So I'm praying for a pothole, you know? A lake. (laughs) And I'm praying for months, actually. And I get to the point where it's so in my heart. I'm like, Ryan, how much do you think it'd be to buy some gravel and fill this pothole for these people? And anyways, I'm running and I come to this road and it is completely torn up. It's completely torn up and they're fixing the road. I've been praying for a pothole and they're fixing a road and I'm just praising God. And I can't believe I'm praising God for a road. But I'm running down this road and I'm realizing, gosh, this road is even harder to run on, let alone to drive on because they've just completely destroyed it. And God starts speaking to me and he says, Nikki, this road is like your heart. It's like the heart of man. You know, we pray for these little wounds in our lives, and and some and I, you want me to heal it. And so, what I have to do instead of just filling it with gravel, I have to tear things up. I have to make a mess of it. I have to make a mess of your life sometimes, and then you get confused and you don't understand what's going on. And but I'm working. And then once the road is done, I mean, this road, let me tell you, they did an amazing job on this road. It was the smoothest road in Cambodia after that. And I feel like God was just making this huge statement to me because that seriously is like the most perfect road I've ever seen Cambodia fix. And so I was just, it was amazing the way he was speaking to me. He was giving me a parable, just like he gave his disciples parables. And I get home, and I'm on fire, and I'm like, Ryan, God was really speaking to me today. And then I kind of stopped, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That was for assembly, wasn't it? And I just really felt like I was saying, Nikki, you're going to be the first to speak at assembly. And so I, um, the next day I went up and I was, all right, is anyone signed up for assembly? And they're like, nope, you're the first one. And so I got to stand up and present that parable to little children. And not something I would do normally, but let me tell you, it was such a blessing. I had children coming up to me for weeks after that saying, I Miss Nikki, I prayed for a pothole and it got filled. So, I mean, hey, (laughs) thank you, Jesus. I mean, seeing, you know, the faith of a child, it was such a beautiful thing. Um, My second story is about another running story. Um, I'm running one morning and God starts speaking to me. And um, my husband, he's had a lot more time to learn Kamai. He's very good at it now. And um, I've had, you know, with four children, I haven't had one, the time, or two, the brain capacity that he has had. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I've studied, and I've learned a good amount, and I'm able to communicate, and it's really fantastic. But I have so much further to go, and I sometimes can feel a little insecure about that, which, you know, I, I need to just, it's okay where I am. But God was starting to talk to me, and he said, you know, Nikki, you, this is, you can say 
He said very specific things. He said, Nikki, you can tell people that you know me. You can tell people that I love them and that I watch over them. And I see them when they're hurt. I see them when they're happy. I see them when they're eating. I see them when they're hanging out. I see them when they're angry. And I was running, and I'm like, yeah, yes. I do know how to say that. It's incredible. But, again, I'm, I'm with my children most of the time, or I'm grocery shopping, or I'm doing very normal things that we do here. So I'm thinking, yeah, okay, one day, Lord, if you ever want me to say that, I'm ready. About five minutes into my run, I see a woman crouching on the side of the road, hiding her face. And I, li- I ran about half a block further, and I just stopped. And I knew God was saying, this is it. I want you to say it. You know it. And so I, I literally, did, again, I mean, I, I feel like I do really crazy things when I'm running. But uh, I'm literally pacing in the road. I'm like, okay, no, no, I'm going to go. No, I have to go. I have to go talk to her. Or I'm going to just beat myself up forever. And I just, this is totally scary, but this is obedience. And I love God. And I want people to know this love. And so I went up to this woman. I crouched down next to her. And I asked if she was okay, and she, she took down her little scarf, and she had a really big black eye. She said her husband hit her. And, um, um, yeah, I was able to tell her, well, you know, do you know God? I know God. And he lives in me, and he loves you, and he sees you when you're happy. He sees you when you're sad. He sees you when you're eating. He sees you when you're just hanging out. He sees you when you're angry. And he sees you right now. And that's all I could say to her. And I asked if I could pray for her. And she said yes. And I was able to sit here and pray with this woman. I had to pray in English, but she let me do it. And then I said, okay. Um, Then I went and I started running and started beating myself up like, oh, God, I could have said this and this and this. And he was like, no, stop, Mickey. It's not your work. I, whatever you said, I'm going to take it and I'm going to plant it deep down inside of her. And, you know, just knowing him and knowing God's heart and these are things, I mean, you guys don't, it's hard for me to stand up and just say, I never would have done that. I mean, I, you don't know me, obviously, but I mean, I'm actually very introverted and and I don't just stop to talk to people. It's really hard for me. But... When I feel God move now, that I like, no, I'm getting to know the Holy Spirit better. Like, there is zero fear in love. Mm. There is zero fear in love, and I'm not the one that kind of goes to Cambodia either. You know, I I have huge fears of bringing my family out of a place of fam- uh, that's familiar, and I have a huge fear of giant bugs and snakes. <laughs> and I'm I barely like camping, yet I am living in Cambodia. <laughs> But, you know, he, he does it on purpose. He calls us out of ourselves because he wants us to feel vulnerable so that we can feel his strength. Mm. And when we feel it, we just want more of it. And I can't get enough of him now. And that's what he wants for all of us. He wants us to feel vulnerable. He wants us to meet him in our pain and fears and anxieties. He wants to meet you there, and he wants to just take it and transform it into something amazing because it doesn't belong there, but, you know, we really can't do it without him. So, um, yeah, it's a really amazing thing that we're raised in a country where the foundation really is 
laid down for us already where God is there and he's our creator and these people are starting from square one and it's a very slow process mm. and it's a slow process for us too but I just want to encourage you to go deeper there's just so much more of him there's so much more of him and it never stops it's like it's mm. like space oh your picture is that way but here's um, a scripture that I really really love and it's from the amplified version but um, and this, that I may know him experimentally, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and that in the same way experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers, and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did. There's so much more, and it's an honor to be a child of God, and it's even more of an honor to stand up and be able to talk to you guys about him. So, thank you. <laughs>